Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. Well, hello, everybody. Happy Friday, or as I like to say, Fry-yay. It is episode 343 today on Elijah Fire. Thank you so much for joining us. I am your host today, Jen Lowen. For those of you who don't know, I'm actually Jeff Tharp, the regular host's older sister. So I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. I was here yesterday with Krista Elisha, and today we have another wonderful episode for you. We're going to be talking about overcoming spiritual warfare with prayer. So if that is something, a topic that interests you guys, I would just so encourage you to share the episode, to like, make sure we get the word out because we've got a wonderful guest today. She's got some great stuff to share with us. Also, we have a new teaching series starting this next week with James Gall, and it's about the prophetic. So that is, I know Jeff is super pumped to be interviewing James. James uh, has just a wealth of knowledge. He is a great teacher, and I know that it'll be something that you all will so greatly benefit from. All right. Also, every time you donate to www.elijahstreams.com forward slash donate, you are not only helping keep this show free five days a week, but you are also helping to contribute to the water well efforts that Elijah Streams is doing all over the world. We actually have a well video to show you, and then we will get on with our episode. By giving towards clean water in Uganda, you are impacting thousands of lives. Praise the Lord. I am so happy. I've been blessed. As a pastor, I've spent 34 years on this village. When I got saved, God touched me and told me to preach the word of God through action. I've been teaching water for old people, for the elderly. I wanted to make sure that they get water. There's been a lot of suffering. They've been fetching water from very far places and the water has been bad. But today, we have seen God. I thank God and I thank you, people. God bless you. Together, we can continue to bring clean water to the people in Uganda, Africa. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. Or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue, Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. Awesome. So again, that is www.ElijahStreams.com forward slash, slash donate. So thank you again, everybody who's donated. It has definitely made a huge dent in the water well efforts. And if you go on to ElijahStreams.com, you can actually see they have a whole water wells page and you can see just the wonderful progress that's already been made. It's very inspiring and very encouraging. So with all of that said, I have a wonderful guest for you today. She is a minister. She is an author. She's a filmmaker. Please join me in welcoming Rebecca Friedlander. Hello, Rebecca. Welcome. Thank you, Jen. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to be with you guys. Yes, and we are privileged to have you. Thank you so much for being here. What does the Lord, what has the Lord put on your heart for us today? 
You know, I feel like there are so many people who don't understand the power that's in both uh, spiritual warfare uh, that comes in the form of witchcraft, uh, the form of, of things where uh, the enemy may be hiding out in our lives and we may be mm -hmm. giving him leeway without even knowing it. Hmm. And it just feels so prompted to remind us all to kind of come in and brush the dust off of our spiritual life and kind of look at a few areas to see, you know, are there some things that the enemy may be really taking advantage of in our spiritual life that we can easily apply the authority we have with Jesus and, and, uh, uh, make sure that we're staying free and not burdened down by a few things that he wants to, um, uh, yeah, lay heavy weights on us that we don't have to carry anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And um, so did you have a video that you wanted to share with us to launch into that? I do. And as you know, Jen, I'm an author and a creative. <clears throat> I'm also a film producer. And a few years ago, I took a group of sword fighters to Alaska and we shot sword, sword fighters. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. Like legitimate sword fighters. Skilled, Legitimate. trained. Yes. Broad sword fighters. They fight with steel. I took a semester of it just so that I could be able to kind of understand the ropes. As a That's producer. impressive. They're heavy. They are. Yeah. yeah. You have to have some muscles to fight with steel. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I wanted to create a short fantasy film on spiritual warfare because it was talking about spiritual warfare to high schoolers and to young people, even people younger than that. And so I wanted to craft kind of a fantasy film that talks about some of the basic principles of spiritual warfare. So this was the trailer for that film, Spiritual Warfare 101. And it's a great way to start our fire our conversation today. Awesome. I can't wait. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Why are you letting them win? Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. about some specific strategies of warfare now. My personal story is that when I walked through this myself, I didn't really think that I had any issues to clear up with God. But when I walked through what I'm about to share with you, I could hear the voice of Jesus clearer. I had greater understanding of His love for me. If you think you know somebody who has demonic activity going on in your life, what do you do? And the song of the Okay. That is awesome. <laughs> I mean, you had me at, 
a fantasy version because I'm a huge, huge Lord of the Rings fan, like huge. I'm even currently rereading The Fellowship right now. And it's like, I know Tolkien says it's not allegory. I know he says that. He was so adamant, but... But we all know better, right? We all know better. There are so many parallels and it just always, it actually wildly, wildly enough encourages my faith every time I read it. It, Yeah. Okay. Please walk me through your spiritual warfare 101. So is that like an intro to a program that you're doing? Yeah. So it, it is a finished film. So it's up and running. I think you've the link that I shared with you guys that you're going to share with everybody else um, is a link where they can not only see the film, um, but you can watch it on digital download, but the, also the, the book and the resource that I'm about to share as well. That's all on there. Fantastic. And so it's super easy to, to access and it's all finished and ready to share. Awesome. Okay. So it, how do people access it? They go to RebeccaFriedlander.com. Yeah, you can go to RebeccaFriedlander.com and there's a link for Taking the Gate, which is the series. Um, And you can click on that and that will immediately take you to a place where it's got some different options. And one of those is you can see the film. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. So are you going to cover mainly what's in that material? Is that what you're... Okay, fantastic. Okay. So how... Go right ahead. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. Well, I think so many of us feel like the enemy oppresses us sometimes, whether we feel depressed, whether we have a family chaos in our heritage that tries to sort of slip in in sneaky Mm -hmm. ways into our lives. Um, There's so many things that maybe we don't know quite how to take advantage of the resources that Christ has given us so we can truly walk through. You know, he said he came to give uh, healing to the brokenhearted and deliverance to the captives. That was the heart of Jesus. And so what I've done in this film and also in in the book, which I'll show you this too, because it just kind of has a cool cover. And this particular book is called Taking the Gate. Oh, I love it. It is literally showing you how to step into your armor, uh, put it on. So whether you have things like maybe you struggle with nightmares sometimes, maybe you feel like there's a spirit of oppression in your home and you don't know how to cleanse your home. Maybe um, there's some things that you just really want to do to really draw close to God and just cultivate holiness in your life. Well, there's some really practical ways that we can do that. And um, that's what I talk about in, in this series, everything from knowing how to identify the enemy to taking a spiritual cleanse, um, which is something really practical that every one of us can do. And just like, you know, sometimes people take a physical cleanse to clean the toxins out of their body, you know, uh, our spirit man has toxins that build up sometimes and doing a spiritual cleanse can actually help you to get rid of some stuff that's you know, making maybe you feel a little bit sluggish in the spirit or, you know, mm-hmm. get off that extra baggage and just really practically plug into the freedom that Christ offers us. Yeah. Now, when you are sharing this with people in your spheres or in even your website, are you meeting any kind of resistance to this information? Are people kind of at arms like, oh, why do I, why do I need to do that? Or are they more receptive? Obviously it depends on who you talk to, right? I, I think that what I've found in a surprising way is that so many people are actually really interested 
mm-hmm. in spiritual dynamic to their faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's more than just head knowledge, we know, right? And mm-hmm. it's the understanding of theology, but then practically we live in part of a supernatural world. And so knowing yeah. how to do that in a biblical way, how to access that piece of our spirituality um, is actually something that people seem to be really interested in. Now, for maybe people who don't know, I know we did do a, um, a spiritual warfare series recently, but maybe viewers who haven't watched that. Could you explain briefly the difference between demonic oppression and demonic possession, just for the viewers who maybe don't know? Yeah, absolutely. Let me preface it by saying this. We always tell people, when in doubt, cast it out. So if there's anything, whether it's oppression or possession, it just means there's an enemy there. And he may be visible. He may be kind of in under the radar a little bit but for me the most important thing is that we completely get him out you know yeah allow him any room and the way i describe it is this there are some times where the enemy literally comes in and makes his home in an area of our life and then there are other areas where it's sort of like he's circling like a flock of birds you know and he's looking for a place to perch and in both of those instances, it is the power of Christ that gives us the authority to uh, clean him out, latch the door and tell him to go home, you know, right. and either one, we have authority through Christ. Fantastic. Thank you for that explanation. So now when you are having a conversation, you know, if I were to speak maybe on behalf of the viewers, this is hypothetical, what what do, would you say is the benefit of having these tools, I know you said using the tools, the authority that Jesus has given us, what is the outcome of that beyond the authority that we walk in? What would you say is the outcome an individual could maybe expect from walking through a course like this? Yeah, that's a great question. So I've done this with hundreds of people, both one-on-one and in groups. And the common thing that people tell me often is that they feel lighter they feel the peace of God. Um, they, they, some of them get physically healed, to be honest. We have a lot of people who get physically healed because the enemy has been tormenting them and they haven't even noticed that it's actually a spiritual root to some things that they've been fighting. Uh, we have other people that in the middle of walking through a cleanse, a spiritual cleanse, they start hearing from the Lord really, really clearly. And that's actually the most beautiful part about it. And that's a huge benefit right there. (laughs) He loves freedom so much that he literally shows up every time. There was one man that I was walking um, through this course and he was part of a group and he literally came up to me and he's like, God never speaks to me. He just never speaks to me. And he was really, really adamant about this. So Mm -hmm. he did the cleanse and he didn't even get through the whole cleanse. He did like half of it or something and then left. But he came back the next day for part two of our of our sessions. And he just had this amazed look on his face. He said, I had a dream last night and it was a prophetic dream. And God was speaking to him and showing areas in his life that had been battlegrounds and the Lord was showing him why those were battlegrounds and giving him some help to break three, free. So I think, I mean, I could go down the list of so many different stories. I had one story happen just um, a couple of weeks ago when I was doing leading this in uh, England. 
in the United Kingdom. And we were doing a retreat and just packing it in a whole day. And so we took this whole group through spiritual cleanse. Many of them had never done this before. And there was one 11 year old girl who came with her parents, her father, I'm sorry, with her grandparents, her father had just passed away mm -hmm. from a traumatic, strange illness. And she was just really grieving. And, you know, we always pray before doing a cleanse. And while we praying, I just really had the impression that God was going to bring his angels. He was going to bring the Holy Spirit as we were walking through this. And also that the cloud of witnesses, you know, the ones yeah. who are worshiping God from eternity, um, were going to be partnering with us in some way. Mm -hmm. And so we walked through this cleanse and this 11-year-old girl she starts feeling like somebody came behind her and put their arms around her and is giving her a hug as Aww. we're starting to place. And later she says, it was my dad. My dad came to give me a hug as we were Aww. doing the cleanse. And the further we went through it, the further she got free and healed to by the end, she was praying for other people and they were getting free. And so, you know, the more, you know, we're three part being body, soul, spirit. We need to yeah. care for each part of our being, right? We care for our body. We care for our soul. And we also care for our spirit. And one of the ways we can be kind to our spirit, man, is to do a spiritual cleanse. And there's so much fruit from embracing that process. Now, how do you walk somebody through where maybe the enemy has gotten an, an access point? Where does that begin? Yeah. So in the book, it's called Taking the Gate. And it, it talks about our lives like a house. Our lives have access points. Our spirit is like the temple. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Like we're meant to house Holy Spirit, right? We're meant to be partnered with him and fueled by him and filled with him. It's the spirit and the bride that say come together. Mm -hmm. There's oneness there. And, and one of the things that um, the enemy likes to try to do is access, right? Find points of access, find spiritually legal ways that he can come right. in and take ground in our life. And so in the book, I talk about five different areas. And these are major places, that, the ones that I've noticed the most after working with people for years and years doing this, that these are the major gateways. And so as we list them in the book, there's lists of things under those, each one of those topics that you can literally read down, sit there with the Holy Spirit and ask him to identify if any of those doors have been opened. So it's real straightforward, super, um, super clear. But there's also a few things that will really stretch us and maybe make us think about some different things. So just to give mm -hmm. you a couple, I mean, every single one of us have generational curses that have been opened sure. up in our life from our parents yeah. and our grandparents. And that we can see that in scripture through Adam and Eve, you know, they disobeyed the Lord and it opened up a door that not only affected them, but all of their children, right? right. Uh, King David and Bathsheba hadn't committed adultery with yeah. Bathsheba, it opened up a curse, not just for him, but for his whole household. Yeah. And so all of those things still affect us. What happened in the past scripture says uh, for four generations back is mm -hmm. the thing that can impact us. But even in the examples that I just mentioned from scripture, those were before the cross. And right. so now yeah. we can actually use the power and the authority of the cross that we have been given through Christ and, and, and put a stop to those things. Awesome. So where does prayer fit into all of this? Right. So if we go back to the very first century, I call it first church. 
you know, mm-hmm. when, when Jesus was just speaking to his disciples and he goes to heaven after the resurrection and they're building churches, mm-hmm. um, they, they started to do something with prayer that was really interesting. And, and there's uh, first century, second century, fourth century documents that we can look back to see how they practice these things in the early church, like the Didache, which is an early church document that talks about practices and how they would mentor disciples and read portions of it. It's super cool. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Isn't that awesome? It's super cool. It is really, really cool. And one of the things they talk about is that they encourage people to say the Lord's prayer three times a day. Hmm. Later within church history, we would call that the a rhythm of prayer. And, and the reason that there's, there's a lot of history packed into this, but just in a nutshell, the rabbis would teach their Jewish followers to pray three times a day. Hmm. So this would have been familiar with the first disciples because they were yeah. what the Jewish culture. And Jesus said, don't be like the hypocrites who think they will be heard for their much praying. But instead, when you pray, and he gave them the Lord's prayer. And the, the powerful thing about this prayer is that it is a prayer, it is a call to action. Yeah. So for instance, we're talking about forgiveness when we say, forgive us our debts as we forgive mm-hmm. our debts. It's something that you can live out in your life. Um, mm-hmm. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, it's the power of overcoming. All of these different things that are, you know, provision, give us this day our daily bread. It is a call to action, like a live action prayer, you know, mm-hmm. that Jesus mm-hmm. giving his disciples to pray. And then they were encouraging people to pray it in the first church for like three times a day. And it wasn't because that was like religious or legalistic, but it was literally this thing they would do to put their faith in motion three times a day as they were saying and declaring the heart of Jesus and like the core of their faith over their lives three times a day and then choosing to live it out because they were reminding themselves of it. So like a, a declaration. And so what we see happen throughout the first centuries of church history is that they would, the Christians would often form what they called a rhythm of prayer. Hmm. And so maybe it was saying the Psalms or maybe it was writing prayers or coming back to praying three times a day or seven times a day, or there were all Mm -hmm. sorts of ways that they would do it with this rhythm of prayer. And so part of it is just, you know, thinking about, well, how can I actually establish a rhythm of prayer in my life? You know, what's something Mm -hmm. simple that I could do? But then the other piece of it is that I really believe doing something like a spiritual cleanse is actually a rhythm of prayer as well that we can use in our spiritual journey that helps us walk in freedom. Hmm. So this idea of cultivating, it's not like you have to come up with a brand new prayer every time that you sit down to pray, but you can actually pull from pieces of scripture or pull from uh, other rhythms that people have cultivated to help enrich your prayer life. And it's just building your spiritual muscles each time. So it'd kind of be like, in a way, you know, after the holiday season, sometimes people, they'll do a cleanse, you know, because they're like, I know I overindulged. I know I ate too much sugar or whatever. So it's, I mean, again, going back to that three parts, body, soul, spirit, we do that for our bodies. You know, we recognize that we've kind of hit a rut. We're not feeling well, we're feeling sluggish. 
And so doing something like this helps. And I was even thinking while you're talking, for me, I have to set alarms on my phone to remind me to do things. And I, I would imagine a lot of other people are the same way. So in a way, doing the three day, three times a day prayer is kind of like setting that alarm on your phone, but for your spirit mm-hmm. and hey, saying, calling attention to your spirit again and saying, hey, listen, put your focus back on God. Because how many times are, are, are you at work? At least this is for me. And I notice my shoulders starting to hunch forward, you know, and then I stop and then I take that that stretch back. The prayer could be very similar to that where you are praying and then you're like, oh yeah, I was worried again, or I was in anxiety again. And then the prayer kind of gives you that call back to awakening your spirit to the presence of the Lord. Is that kind of the concept? Absolutely. It's like a refocusing. So when it talks about renewing our mind, it's like, okay, well, how do we do that? Except for trying not to think bad things, you know, no, there's Mm -hmm. some actual things that we can do that help us in this process. And having a rhythm of prayer is one of those things. And I really think it's, it's about what strategically works for you. So like for me in this season, I have a stack of note cards And when I wake up in the morning, that's part of my requirement for myself. One of my goals is to declare those scriptures out loud. And there's a Hmm. few other things that I do. And it immediately starts renewing my mind in the beginning of the day. And I'm speaking out declarations and I'm partnering with God's word as I'm praying over specific areas in my life. And so to me, that is a rhythm of prayer. Um, and it's, it's not, again, it's, this are like specific scriptures that I've pulled for this season. And I just believe that God, um, you know, he shows us in his word, how to partner with his heart, right. And how to speak and take that authority. And so, um, you know, your rhythm of prayer can, is specifically unique to you. And it's just one of those things that you can kind of set in motion and, and help your spirit get fed every day. So how would you encourage people? in that specific regard, looking for scriptures to pray or declare, how would you encourage people to look for those types of passages? I'm I'm sure you probably give examples in your book, but maybe if they're reading, what are some things they could be looking for when they're looking for a verse to begin praying over themselves? Yeah. Well, I always encourage people and not to be redundant, but I encourage them to do the spiritual cleanse because what you will find as you do that is you'll find areas of brokenness that you want to target. And as you're doing that, so like you're, you're, you're cleaning out the enemy, right? From your house, Mm -hmm. doing a spiritual house cleaning, but then you're also filling it with the word of God. So for one, for one instance, one thing that I do uh, when walking people through the cleanse is I, I encourage them to look back and find some, um, find some areas of influence the enemy has had in their past family line. Like we can say, I break all generational curses in the name of Jesus. And it really doesn't have the same effect as actually going back and identifying some of the patterns and the struggles that Mm -hmm. Common in our family heritage. And then we begin to, you know, ask Holy Spirit to cleanse us from the negative effects of those things, you know, mm-hmm. to heal any wounded places, all those things. And what you'll find is that there's there's places of healing. You know, God says that He wants to take us through the valley of Baca, which is the valley of weeping, and turn it into a place of hope and and make it a place of refreshing. 
And so one of the ways that we do that is, is we, we, we see those wounded areas and then we go to God's word and we say, well, God, what do you say about those things? Mm-hmm. How do you want to turn this into a door of hope? How do you want to speak over my life in this area? So let's just say maybe there is a pattern of neglect in someone's life in mm-hmm. some family heritage. And maybe it affected you, you know, like maybe that mm-hmm. was one of one of those um, difficult places. Well, then I can go to God's word and say, okay, I know that's what the enemy had planned for me, but I know that God has here. And so what does God say? He says he's near to the brokenhearted. He will never leave me or forsake me. Um, That, you know, when my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will gather me up. He will gather me close. And so looking for those rhythms, all of a sudden it becomes personal. Yeah. You begin to identify those places where you can rise up and be a warrior and take some ground and you look for the word of God to help you partner with those places. Wow. That's really encouraging. That's really, really encouraging. Um, So then how would you define for the viewers? What is exactly this process of the spiritual cleanse and how does it help us? Right. So that's a good question. I, I think the most valuable thing that we can do in our walk with Christ is take it seriously, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the more that we draw near to him, the more he draws near to us. You know, the more we allow him in to, uh, to like the fragile zone, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The more he proves that he's a good father and he's willing to meet our needs, you know? And so I, I think doing a spiritual cleanse is incredibly valuable. Um, and yeah, I just encourage everybody to do it. There, there's a couple ways that you can do this particular one. And, and there's lots of ways that you can do this kind of thing with generational curses and, and all of that. Um, but the one in my book, Taking the Gate, there's a whole chapter that's a spiritual cleanse. There's prayers that you pray. There's declarations that you say. It shows you how to write out lists in specific areas where you can identify it. Anybody can take it. You can walk through it yourself. There's also some areas about like ministry wounds. You know, if you've been in a place of ministry that you feel like you've, you, you're carrying some, some past wounds and hurts from that and word curses and just different things. It's kind of like this self-assessment kind of thing. So it's, it's in the book, Taking the Gate. Um, the other thing you can do if you want to do it with a group, I lead groups online. So the next one is in January 6th. So right into the new year, we're going to do a spiritual cleanse and you can sign up on the website to do it. And what happens when we do it in a group is that there's strength in numbers yeah. and there's this power of coming together in agreement, like we're all doing this together we're all on the same page. We're going to grow our faith together. And often myself, and, and sometimes if I have somebody with me um, who from my team who's partnering, we'll get words of knowledge. And mm-hmm. it helps people to kind of pinpoint and identify some areas that may just have been kind of chaotic, but God will give things a name and then yeah. they can do business with it. So those are a couple of ways that you can do that. You can find that on the website. Yeah, I was just thinking when you were talking, I wonder how this would impact people to do this in a group, you know, to actually have, because it is, we all have blind spots. And I think sometimes we could go into a spiritual cleanse and have kind of an idea of, okay, this is an issue that's maybe cyclical, or I'm seeing that needs to be dealt with. And it's like, God might highlight something completely different. 
that you had no idea was attached to that. And sometimes it takes another person to identify that, not necessarily like call you out, but God has a, a really gracious and kind way of through a word of the Lord, sometimes pinpointing the very thing that was causing the wound in the first place and setting people free. So I think if I can put in my two cents, I would encourage people to do it as a group <laughs> in the group. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And and we don't charge anybody to do it. So <clears throat> it takes about three hours. You can join the Zoom call. There is an option to donate at the end. And you just need to have the book with you so we can all be on the same page as we're reading together. It's interesting that you said, you know, that you know God works in different ways at different layers and different seasons. Mm-hmm. I've had people say, well, I've done this before, you know, yeah. or mm-hmm. I've dealt with this kind of stuff. I've said that before, but what I've found is that healing takes time and it's a process. It isn't it? I mm-hmm. was uh, part of my stories. I was in a car accident when I was nine years old and I was thrown from the car and I had a lot wow. of glass embedded on my face and the, the surgeons, I had some plastic surgery and they went in and they pulled it all out. Um, as much as they could, but I still had a little piece of glass that was right next to the, the ridge of my nose. And could you, and you could feel it, you could feel it, you could feel it. And for a while it was like bragging rights, you know, when you're getting into junior high and you're like, I have a piece of glass underneath my skin. Everybody's like, mm-hmm. Ooh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but as I kept growing, it started to cause me pain. And so mm-hmm. I went and had it taken out. But then a few years later, when I was in my mid-teens, I started having pain in my eyeball. And I went into the eye doctor and they found a tiny shard of glass that had been embedded in my eyeball and was wow. just being pushed to the surface. And it wasn't wow. because I was doing something wrong. It was because right. I was growing in a healthy way. And I think Sometimes when we go through life and we're pursuing God and we deal with something that was wounding to us, um, that it comes up again. And we may think, why am I in the same place of trauma? Why am I being triggered by something? But sometimes it's literally the healthy growth process where we're walking with Jesus and Holy Spirit. And it's allowing things to come to the surface in a way. Now we're ready to deal with them. So I encourage people, even if they've done something like this before, to do it again, you know, Mm -hmm. because I've had people do it three or four times because it actually, the Lord will show you something different um, each time. Not not that we have to be um, super, you know, super, you know, paranoid about something that, you know, I just have to, you know, but but at the same time, we don't want to be passive about our healing journey. And God does Mm -hmm. give tools to help us move from one level and one season into the next season mm-hmm. and to do with, um, with healing and wholeness. That's awesome. That's uh, so I, I would just really encourage, even if, even if you have done something like this before, I can speak from my own personal experience. There've been seasons in my life where I'm like, I dealt with that. And going back to God and seeking him in his word, he will identify. It's just like Rebecca said. I think you said it so beautifully. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. It means you're growing in a healthy way and something's coming to the surface. So I definitely would encourage anybody 
to just to go through it. And even if you're scared, like, whoa, my goodness, what am I going to find? God is so kind. He is so yeah. kind and gracious. And uh, I remember one of my very first experiences having some kind of prophetic ministry. I was terrified. I was so scared. I'm like, what if these people like know my my secrets or my worst thing? And it was nothing like that. It was like God was so kind and in his kindness identified just a wound without saying it was a wound. And I just was weeping and it was like healthy, like tears of healing. Um, but if you were like me and you were scared <laughs> of the process, I can assure you that God is good and if he is putting this on your heart to participate in something like this, I would just so encourage you to prayerfully consider, but to go for it. Um, I really would love to circle back around more to the, the, the elements of how prayer can be used as a form of spiritual warfare. If that's something that you'd like to expand on, I'm really curious about how, how like if you could walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So First of all, our, our prayer life is only as good as our surrender. You know, so we can pray all day, but our authority comes from walking in obedience to the Lord, right? So so we 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 don't actually have authority over the enemy until we're truly consecrated and yielded to Christ. And that's something that we can all do. And it's mm -hmm. it's it's just part of the Christian life, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have people like the seven sons of Sceva in the book of Acts who yeah. said, um, we're trying to cast out a demon. And they said, I, I tell you in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches to Louis. Yeah. And yeah. the demons turn around and literally said, Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, but who are you? Right. right. You know, like yeah. they were trying they, to use like were, some ritual or something. Yeah. Exactly. Like they weren't yeah. owning it. You know, they were owning their faith. And, yeah. and so I, I think when you when you come into this place where you just you're all in with Jesus and you know that you're his, you know, to the best of your ability, you know, and you're learning about who you are as his son. And his daughter, when you're in that position, then you recognize, well, if Jesus has all power under his feet, he's given me the authority to also declare and decree from that place that I'm mm -hmm. in him and he's in me. And mm -hmm. it's in that place that our prayer has real power. So, for instance, I remember one time I was filming in Paris, France, and I was working on this, this show that was about it had the potential and it did touch women's lives all around the world it was a powerful makeover um and testimony show oh and uh and i remember being in paris and as soon as i arrived i was chatting with some of my hosts we were in this flat and we were up on the second story there's a little apartment where i was going to be staying at this ministry and i literally turned to them i said so do you guys have much um the trouble in the neighborhood, you know, is this a pretty quiet neighborhood? And as I was saying that, there was this huge crash downstairs and wow. all this yelling. And somebody had broken in and smashed the security door and was yelling really loudly. And so we were like, okay, this is interesting. And so didn't actually find out all the details of what had happened later. But long story short, um, this man in one of the flats up, 
on the second story had been um, sitting there like smoking or smoking a pipe or something. And he just kind of like spit across the, you know, out over into the street over the balcony. And unfortunately, it happened to land on some man's head as he was walking by. Hello. What are the chances? I know. And and this man got so furious and felt like someone had personally insulted him that he broke in, smashed the security door, and came in demanding to find the man who had insulted him. So, of course, the police came involved, got involved in all this stuff. But I was literally going okay this is interesting jesus welcome to paris france you know what's going on help elijah fire continue to make an impact around the world all donations go toward making elijah fire and the elijah fire podcast possible visit elijahfire.com slash give and become a partner today and there was like this this mob assembling below my window and all of this stuff and i picked up really quickly you know sometimes things just happen but yeah. when you're oh, yeah. on mission for the Lord, right? And you're mm-hmm. wanting to do something for his kingdom. Sometimes there's a little bit of things that get stirred up, you know? And so we're walking in the kingdom of light, but there is a kingdom of darkness that does not want the light to prevail, right? And so I just began to pray. And in my prayer, I wanted to use the most um, strong and effective prayer as quickly as I could. Mm-hmm. So I opened a Psalm 91. And I began to pray it and declare it out loud. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And it's all about the protection of God. And it's a powerful, it's like pulling out your lightsaber in the spirit. You know, you're being released the word of God and just quietly in my room. But I just began to declare it over that neighborhood and declare the protection of God as they prayed out his scripture. And I'm telling you, within a few minutes, everything had quieted down, didn't have any more problems on that trip. So there's things that we can do that are really effective that help us with spiritual warfare. And obviously we can always say, God help, you know, but we can say, well, God, how do you want us to, in prayer, what is your solution to this situation, Jesus? Mm -hmm. What is your solution and how can I partner with you in prayer? And, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Like when we, you know, pick up a few tools, we get to pull them out and use them and see God show up. Now, how, how, I know you mentioned this with one of the men who gave a testimonial where he was saying he couldn't hear from the Lord, but how could demonic oppression play a role in hindering that that ability to function in that authority. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think that's it's a great it's a great um, question, and probably watching the film would be really really helpful. I think the enemy does several things. He tries to distract us, right? He tries to um, make himself more important than God, right? Which is mm-hmm. pride, mm-hmm. Um, and he tries to. Um, take advantage of us and get get our focus off of God. He tries to bring pain, steal, kill, and destroy, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And so basically when, when we do a spiritual cleanse, we're, we're literally, uh, it, it's like, like a house. You think of yourself as a house. And I go into this a little bit more into the cleanse. 
But if you were about to move into a, a house that you had just purchased, if you're anything like me, you're going to go in with some cleaning supplies, yeah. <laughs> had a vacuum cleaner, right? And you're going to yeah. just clean it top to bottom, right? right. And, and get rid of all of the cookie crumbs and get rid of the old socks that were left behind the door <laughs> in the closet and yeah. maybe run an air freshener, you know? So yeah. bringing Jesus into our house is often like ha- asking him to move in um, before we've cleaned our house while there's little residue of things around. And of course, it doesn't mean that he's not with us and it doesn't mean that he's not there, but to invite him to fully move in means that we have to open up that closet door and allow him to sh- to bring his light in. And mm-hmm. with his light, it's not just exposing those dark places, it's actually bringing healing and bringing wholeness. So it's really just inviting him um, and exploring the dynamic relationship that we already have with him and inviting him, welcoming him to come in and take full residence in our lives. And one of the ways we can partner with him in that. Now, maybe to somebody who's never even heard this concept of the Lord wanting to come in and deliver them from these things. Could you explain what you mean by that? Could you explain like, why, why would Jesus care that I'm suffering from anxiety? Why would Jesus care that, um, isn't that just, you know, par for the course, just being human, suffering from anxiety? Why would Jesus care that I feel depressed? Why would Jesus care that I'm not sleeping well at night? What would you say to that, that person who maybe this is a totally new concept to them? Mm, Yeah. You know, the, the one who loves us cares for us, you know, and he, um, God loved the world so much. He sent us Jesus, you know, and Jesus is the one who triumphs over evil. It doesn't automatically happen. We're not living in heaven yet, you know, mm-hmm. but we're, we're in this place where God wants to demonstrate his love toward us. And that even when we're sinners, even when we don't have it all together, Jesus still died for us. Like, that's crazy love. Like, God is so proactive in the way that he loves us and he wants to show his love to us. You know, in in the short film, we watched the trailer earlier in that fantasy film, there's a moment where this young warrior is being tormented by the enemy like the dark warriors have surrounded him um they're they're chasing him down and he cries out for help to this big warrior and the big warrior just turns around and walks away Hmm. but later he comes and finds him chases off the enemies and 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 the the young warrior is just heartbroken and he says why didn't you come sooner and the older warrior gets on his knees and grabs him by the shoulders and says, why are you letting them win? (laughs) And he says, you don't have to. And he holds up the key that is around this young man's neck, takes Mm -hmm. him to a treasure chest, unlocks the treasure chest, and there's this full set of armor. And he begins to show him how to use it. And so I think the Lord has given us a whole lot of tools. And he loves us so much that he sometimes waits till we're actually ready to receive the tools. You know, sometimes, you know, we have to want to get free 
right? Like we can't yeah. just be in this like, woe is me, pity party place. It's like, no, no, no. The father loves you like crazy. And he will be there and walk with you every step of the way because you were made to be free. You were made to shine, you know, and you already have in Christ. If you have Christ, you have the key that unlocks everything that you need to walk in victory. I love it. And victory looks like peace of mind, the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience. It's freedom. It's it's not being bound to a specific way of thinking or feeling. It's all freedom. Shalom. It's that shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, peace, right? Um, I wonder yeah. what I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Go ahead. I wonder if you could answer this question for me. For somebody who's watching. You might need to do a spiritual cleanse if. Mm. Uh, if you're breathing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I, I'm a huge believer of it. I put it off for a long time because it's like, oh, I don't need to do all that. But when I finally did it, did it, I felt so much lighter. I could hear God clearer. Um, I felt like a weight had lifted off my shoulders. I was so excited that I just wanted to tell other people. Um, and, and I could just go through story after story. I will say like, sometimes if you have, for sure, if you have nightmares, if you have recurring nightmares, that's often a sign that you need to take some ground, you know, and the spirit doesn't mean you're doing anything bad or you're doing anything wrong. That means there might be something missing that the Lord wants to bring into focus so that you can address it with his strength and his grace. Um, also if, I mean, it really, it's it's really everyone. Like, it, it really is. None of us are perfect. We all have parents who are not perfect in one way or the other. And and it's it, it really is something. It's a tool that every single one of us can benefit from. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Is there anything else that you'd like to share on the topic of this, the prayer, the spiritual warfare, the your your program? Yeah, I just um, I just encourage you guys sign up, take the take the Zoom uh, cleanse. There's there's room right now, but we will close it off if it gets too full because I I like working with a group where there's enough um, time to really kind of be able to zone in and, and spend with people. Um, I, I think I just also, also want to encourage people, you know, you don't just take the next step in your freedom journey. Grab that courage to take the next step. You don't have to feel like you have it all figured out. You may feel like you're opening up a can of worms as you do. Um, but you yeah. know, just take that, take that next step. It's, we don't, this is not some like huge exorcist kind of thing where everybody's going wild and, and crazy. We don't let that happen. It's very, very calm, very systematic and people feel at peace, um, through it. So I would just encourage you guys to, you know, embrace that courage, take that step of faith, start out your new year um, in a place where you can take the next step to freedom. You know, who wouldn't yeah. want to do that? We all need to do that. Don't yeah. worry. It's yeah. just, he's just so good. <laughs> yeah. And then to recognize too, you know, that we do have spiritual authority, that we don't have to sit in that place of feeling defeated, feeling discouraged, um, sometimes we need the tools, even in those things to recognize 
what what we need to help pull ourselves out sometimes of discouragement or defeat or frustration. And I, I know for myself personally, when I have gone through programs like what you're offering or just even books, I gain the tools that I need to, when I face things day in and day out, to pull, pull myself up faster, to pull myself out of it faster and recognize, wait, I don't have to sink below these waves. I can stand above them with Jesus. And so that's, that's what I would just encourage anybody who's watching today. You don't have to sink below the waves. You can rise above them with Jesus. When you're looking at upon him, you're gazing upon him. He gives you his hand and he will pull you above those waves. Mm-hmm. And, um, and learn from people who've gone through it and who've done it. Rebecca is a great resource. Um, I also think I'm going to go and watch that video that you have on your website. That was really, it gave me goosebumps when I was watching. Um, just as a side note, I'd love to hear kind of like a rabbit trail, your creative process with that. Like what gave you the idea to write it that way and to kind of tell the story that way? Yeah, I had a high school teacher and a Christian school asked me for a resource for young people on spiritual warfare. And I searched and I'm sure there's more out there now, but I could not find anything that was on their level. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, well, I've taught you about this, you know, <laughs> maybe you should do something. And so I have this question that I ask in my heart when I'm starting a creative process, if I could do anything, what would I do? Hmm. And and I, I take the budget out of it. Like I, it's, you can't say, I don't allow myself to say, um, oh, I would do a million dollars and I would have the best actors. No, no, no like fine tune the vision. If I could do anything, and I literally said to a friend of mine, if I could do anything, I would take some sword fighters to Alaska and shoot the fantasy film up there. And she said, well, why don't you? And I thought, yeah, well, why don't I? Like I have friends up there. This could be feasible. And it was just this moment of adventure that I just began to explore those options. And sure enough, we were able to get everybody up there and get everyone a place to stay and mail the swords because you can't take them on an airplane. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. All of these different things that were, you know, spent like a month working on costumes and ordered all of these things for props and armor and all these things, packed it all up and went to Alaska. So I think just encouraging people, what is your dream? And and make it specific and make it, make it, you know, write the vision and make it plain, hmm. you know, so that you can run with it. And uh, this one, this one happened to, happened to work. <laughs> how long ago, how long ago did you do it? Was it recent? This one was an older one. So this was, um, yeah, this one was a few years ago. Um, and and I, I love, I show it every time I do a spiritual cleanse, we always watch the video. And so it, it's, it's stayed relevant, which has been great. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it is with a lot of those allegorical stories, you know, they stay relevant. Sorry, J.R.R. Tolkien, they stay relevant because they're allegorical. <laughs> He's probably laughing at me right now. Um, Rebecca, will you please pray for our viewers just to uh, release this and encourage them before we close today? Yeah. Thank you. Father God, I just want to thank you um, that you have given us armor in your word. And Ephesians 6, it says, take up the full armor of God. And so, Father God, I just begin to pray for each one um, who is watching that, Lord, you would just be so 
uh, you would fill them with faith in a whole new level that they can take up the spiritual armor and take up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation and unpack what those things can mean. And Lord, I just bless their faith, Father God, just to partner with you in fresh ways to fulfill their calling fully on the earth. And we praise you. We thank you, Jesus, that you've given us such incredible hope and there is authority and power in your name. God, we are nothing without you, but with you, <laughs> Lord, we are more than conquerors. So we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today and for encouraging us. And I would just encourage all you viewers to go check out her website, watch the video, pray, ponder, get the book and um, show Rebecca some love. If you were encouraged by this episode, if this really ministered to you, please like this episode, please share it, please get the word out. Um, thank you all for being here with us today. Hope you have a wonderful, blessed weekend. Jeff will be back on Monday with Mandy Woodhouse. So please come give him some love on his live episode. And um, we will see you Monday. Have a wonderful weekend, guys. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.